Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. Anyways, real quick, let's just kind of review where we're at and um, where, how kind of how we got to this point. On Sunday mornings, we've been uh, doing a series entitled "The Christian Mind," and specifically talking about the different battles that sometimes go along with the Christian mind. This Sunday, we're going to be talking about battling distraction. Distraction. I know that no one in here uh, deals with that, but we're going to be talking about battling distraction. But we've kind of broken down what we're doing on Wednesday nights into really three. Um, different uh, points, three different really goals. The first one is restrict. The second one is refocus. And then the third one is renew. So when we talk about our mind, one of the things that we want to look at is, okay, if we don't like what it is putting out, um, if we don't like what is kind of coming out of it or who we're becoming as a result of what we're thinking about, then we want to restrict that. So if we say, okay, this is a source of jealousy or this is a source of depression for me or this is a source of distraction, we want to step back and restrict that. The second thing, which is where we'll move into tonight, is refocusing. It is not enough just to say, I'm not going to let these thoughts into my mind. Um, unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of thinking about nothing. Um, if we do, we would all be, number one, really dumb. But secondly, we also would probably be much more um, disciplined in what we did. But we don't have the luxury of thinking about nothing. And so we're going to stop and we're going to say, okay, this is what I'm restricting, but then this is what I am refocusing my mind on. And so this will really be the first lesson as we move into refocusing. And we're going to be talking about refocusing your meditation. I had considered coming in with no shoes on, baggy white pants and a button up and a man bun since we we're going to talk about meditation, but I did not do that. Tonight. That was supposed to be a joke. Okay. That was <laughs> like, you're supposed to laugh and follow along with that. But uh, anyways, we're not talking about that kind of meditation. All right. Sometimes Sometimes the world moves in and kind of steals God's word and maybe steals uh, maybe a thought that is wholesome and clean and pure and I uh, can kind of perverts it into something else which by the way there's probably nothing wrong with thinking or, or focusing on not thinking I'll be honest I don't really know what they do when they do that stuff but there's probably nothing wrong with it but what we're specifically talking about from scripture is meditating and refocusing our meditation and where we spend our time thinking on God's word so I want to really draw your attention uh, to two verses and then I want to throw in one more that won't necessarily be a text for us but uh, or two passages I guess if you want to look at it like that but the first one is Joshua chapter number one verse eight you don't have to turn in your Bibles they're there in your notes a popular verse, um, a verse that has the word success, the only time that it is used in Scripture is in Joshua chapter number 1, verse 8, and the Bible says this, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt, what's the next word? Meditate. 
meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Psalm chapter number 1, verses 1 through 6, the Bible says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So let me just stop and say that your associations and your relationships have very much to do with your blessings that come from God. Okay? Verse number one talks about that. Who and what you associate with has a lot to do with how blessed you are, but it does not stop there. So if the blessed man watches who he associates with, it also shows us that the blessed man will watch what he delights in. So look at verse number two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he, what's the next word? Meditate. Meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So here's what that verse teaches us, is that our stability in life, our prosperity in life is directly linked to our relationship to the Word of God. Here's what I want you to see out of those two verses. We talk a lot as in Christian circles and as churches about reading God's Word, and I'm 100% for that, okay? I think that reading God's Word is a great place to start. But according to those two verses, nowhere in Scripture can you find blessings, success, prosperity, and stability just because you read God's Word. According to those verses, your blessings, your prosperity, and your stability are directly linked to how you meditate upon God's Word. Meaning this, God never promises to bless Bible readers, only Bible meditators. I'm going to say that one more time, okay? God never promises to bless Bible readers, only Bible meditators. And here's why, okay? You can sit down and you can read a book. But the truth is, is that you must choose to think and to meditate and to actually take that book and apply it for it to change something in your heart and in your life. You can read through a science book and not be any better at science by the time you get to the end of it just because you read it. Why? Because at some point you have to take what you have read, think about it, learn about it, meditate upon it for you to be able to apply it to your life. Our Churches and Christianity are not missing out on the blessings of God because we have failed to read the Bible, but because we have failed to meditate upon the Bible. And so for us as Christians, here's what I want you to see. The main thought or the main idea of tonight's lesson is what you meditate on will eventually become who you are. What you meditate on will eventually become who you are. You think about something long enough, you're going to act upon it. You act upon it, you'll eventually turn it into a habit. You turn it into a habit, it will eventually shape who you are. Chances are where you're at right now as a Christian and as a human being and as an employee and as a student, all of it is a result of how you meditated and what you meditated upon. If you didn't meditate upon a lot of your class and a lot of your uh, book studies and a lot of your papers, chances are there's a reason that you're still taking classes, okay? Where you're at in life is a result of what you think about. Now let me just go ahead and say this. 
if you have made mistakes or you have made maybe some wrong choices along the way or are suffering consequences, those are all the results of your thoughts as well. Meaning that sometimes we like to say, well, look at all the, look at, look at where I'm at in life. I never thought that I'd end up here. But the truth is, is while you may have never thought that you, end, you would end up there, you did think about something long enough to where you acted upon it and now your consequences are following. Do you follow me? Okay. So what we think about will eventually be where we end up, who we become, and God promises us that as Bible meditators, we can actually experience stability in this life, prosperity in this life, and success in this life. Let me go ahead and clarify just for sake of those who are like, sweet, so if I just start meditating on the Bible, I'm going to be loaded. That's not what that verse says, okay? It's talking about a spiritual success, a spiritual prosperity, a prosperity in life, a spiritual stability in life. Are there going to maybe be financial gain that comes as a result of that? There could be, but that's not the goal of opening up the Word of God and meditating on it and letting it change who you are. And so with that in mind, I want us to really look at three different thoughts. I'll be honest with you. I printed these notes off for you. And then as soon as I was printing them, I was thinking, man, I wonder what blanks I put in there. Like, I wonder if I actually did meditation. And then I went and looked at the notes and I was like, ah, oh, stink, there are no blanks. So anyways, you're just going to have to follow along. And I will go ahead and tell you that the points are not in the blanks anyways. The blanks are just there for the OCD people who are like, oh, there's a blank. I better listen so that as soon as Joel says it, I'll fill it in. Okay. That's not, the blanks are not going to be this wealth of knowledge. If you go back 30 years from now and you're like, I wonder what uh, Joel taught me about this. And you go and you look at the blanks, you're not going to get it, okay? So fill in some notes under it as we talk through this, but let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless us. Lord, I pray that you would continue to guide us. Help us as we look into your word, specifically about this topic of the Christian mind. In your name we pray. Amen. There's a quote there in your notes that we actually used a couple of weeks ago. This says, in, uh, or last week, it says, in God's world, suffering serves a purpose. The reason why I want to revisit that is because many times what we spend our days, our weeks, our hours, our months, our time, okay, however you want to classify that, thinking about, focusing on is our suffering. And here's what we are talking about when we say that we want to refocus our meditation, is that we want to refocus what we spend our days, our time here on this earth thinking about, so that rather than thinking about all that is wrong in this life, we pull our eyes off of, number one, ourselves, but number two, our problems, and we refocus them on what God's Word promises to use to bless us. This third verse, that, or third passage that I want to throw into the mix, just so you're aware of it, is Isaiah 26 verse 3. Does anybody know what Isaiah 26 verse 3 says? Oh, no. <laughs> Good try. What was it? I thought I heard something. It is about peace. Yeah, yeah, that one. All right, there we go. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And here's what I want you to see is that God promises so many of the things that we seek after by just simply focusing our thoughts on Him. When you step back and you say, well, I've got to solve this problem so that I can experience peace, here's where you just missed it. You are now seeking to meet the need of peace in your life by supplying it for yourself rather than simply experiencing God's peace as a result of focusing on Him. 
When you step back and you say, well, I need to fix this relationship so that I can have peace, or I need to have this much money in the bank so that I can have peace, or I need to have this job or this education so that I can have this. You have completely taken your eyes and focus off of God and focused it on your problems, upon yourself, upon where you're at in life, causing you to actually miss out on the very thing that God promises when you focus on Him. And so the first thing that I want us to see is this. Number one, what is your meditation? What is your meditation? Okay, let me explain that, all right? I said there's no blanks, so let me help you. Maybe you can jot this down under the notes below, okay? When we talk about what is your meditation, here's what we're thinking through. Is what are we thinking about in a day's time? I want you for just a second to take a snapshot of your day today, okay? Everybody got it? Everybody kind of know where we're at? I want you to think about what was the high point of your day? What was the highlight of your day? Okay? You don't have to say it out loud. Just think about it for a second. What was the highlight? Some of you are like, wow, I have a really horrible life. <laughs> my highlight was that uh, my coffee didn't spill on the way to work. Woohoo! All right? What was your highlight? Okay? Everybody got it? What was the low point of your day? Some of you are like, wow, the highlight and the low light is really close together. All right? Okay, what was the low period? What was the low point? What, what today was not good? What today was maybe bothersome? What today was burdensome? Okay, now here's what I want you to think through. Where was God in both of those moments? Okay, what was something today that became burdensome? What was something today that was maybe frustrating? What was something today that was stressful? Here's what I think you'll find, is that your most stress-filled, aggravating, frustrating, discouraging, depressing times are the moments that you have really distanced yourself from God. Not intentionally, okay? Maybe not because of some deep, dark sin, but just because all of a sudden it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you've got a coworker who's been ticking you off all day and finally it's just like, okay, I'm done with them. Like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know how to handle them. I don't know what to do, okay? Were you focused on God at 6.30 in the morning when maybe you read your Bible or you read a devotion on your phone or whatever? Absolutely. Our problems typically show us that when we are focused on God, there's a lot less that bothers us. When we step back and we see a verse like rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, we have to say Paul was writing that from prison. Meaning this, that his circumstances were not based off of his, or his joy was not based off of his circumstances. So for you and I, here's what we have to step back and see. Is that in a day's time when we lay our head on the pillow, how we feel at the end of that day will most likely be associated with who or what we thought about throughout the course of that day. If everything in your day was frustrating, if everything in your day was stressful, if everything in your day was annoying, if everything in your day was worrisome or depressing, or you put the adjective that you want with it, then guess what? You're going to lay your head on that pillow and think, oh, today was awful. Was God any worse that day? Did God have a bad day? No. So what 
are we meditating on? What are we thinking about in the course of a day's time? I'm going to encourage you, this isn't in your notes, but I'm going to encourage you that tomorrow, spend some time just jotting down your thoughts. You want to know something that will scare the willies out of you? Set a random reminder on your phone for a, a random time. Sometimes I'll do this, okay? I'll swipe through. I have a reminder that goes off at 9.17 and 2.42, I think is what one of them. But they simply say, like, where is God in this moment? And sometimes it's almost humorous like the stuff that's going on when those reminders go off. I remember one time I was actually up here, it was a couple months ago, when our ceiling tiles um, had like gotten water on them and I was up here running all the wiring for the, uh, for the TVs. I think that was like almost a year ago now that I think about it. Wow. Um, anyways, and one of those reminders went off and I had ceiling tile dust all over me. I was ticked off because I couldn't, I was like literally pulling on the cord and going, are you serious? And that reminder went off and I, and I literally looked at my watch and thought like, God's not here. Like, there's no way. There's no way that God is here in this moment. Like, because I'm ticked off about it, okay? But set a random reminder at some point during your day tomorrow, maybe a couple of them, that just simply ask yourself, what are you thinking about or what are you focused on right now? You want a wake-up call? About 11.30 in the morning, okay, after you've been in the office or you've been in classes for three hours and that reminder goes off, what are you thinking about right now? You're going to click it off really fast and say, nothing, lunch. Like, that's what I'm thinking about. Where am I going to go for lunch, okay? That's all that I'm focused on. Or I'm annoyed at this person, or I'm mad about this, or I'm stressed about this, or I'm worried about this, or I don't want to reply to that email. That is what your focus is going to be on, not on God. So what is your meditation? And then secondly is this. When is your meditation? The two verses that I read to you, Joshua 1.8 and Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6, I find it interesting, and I want you to see this from the verses, okay? I find it interesting that he says, but thou shalt meditate therein, what's the next three words? Day and night. What's, verse, uh, what's Psalm chapter number 1 say? It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate, next three words, Amen. day and night. One of the things that we do sometimes as Christians is we talk about a quiet time, okay? By the way, all for it. I practice it, okay? But sometimes what we're guilty of doing is we're guilty of relegating God only to our quiet time. Well, this is when I meet with God. Never realizing that scriptural meditation and the blessings that are associated with it are not something that can just be set apart and scheduled at a certain time. I've said this before in this class, and I kind of alluded to it under point number one, is that I'm not really concerned about where God is at 6.15 in the morning when you have your coffee cup and you have the froth in your coffee cup says Jeremiah 29.11, and you take a picture of it and post it on Instagram, and you've got your little plant. I'm not worried about where God is in that moment, okay? If you can't worship God with a frothy cup of coffee in your hand, then you probably have more problems than what I can help you with, all right? I'm worried about it at 3.30 in the afternoon or at 9 o'clock at night or at 11 o'clock when you sit down and you go to watch that TV show or when you're with someone that you maybe know you shouldn't be with, okay? All of us are really good at being with God and focused on God and meditating on God when our phones are off, when, no one, when we don't have social media around, when everything's pushed over the side and we have this nice little controlled environment of like, oh, it's just me and God, just me meeting with my Savior. Okay, but if you meet with your Savior at 6 o'clock in the morning and then you chew people out in rush hour traffic the whole way to Nashville, there's a problem there. There's a disconnect, okay? 
So what we have to do as human beings who try to keep our focus on God and on our Savior is we have to find a way to take that quiet time and now bring it into our day-to-day -day lives and find a way to meditate upon the Word of God and focus on who God is even in the midst of our day-to-day -day lives, okay? Here's the only thing that I can tell you to help you with that. I wish that there was just this fix-all, like, well, if you download this app, it's going to help you meditate on God. Like, anytime you're feeling stressed, just hit the little app and, like, hold it up in the air and God will solve all your problems. Unfortunately, that's not how life works, okay? I wish I could tell you that there was maybe some specific verse that if you memorize this verse, man, you're set to go. Here's the only thing that I can tell you is that if you do not intentionally find a way to meditate upon God in your day-to-day -day life, you will not do it. That is coming from someone who works for a church where it should be easy to meditate on God, okay? Where the people who walk in my office, it should be good for me to say, man, you know what? God was in that moment. But there's sometimes where that little reminder goes off on my watch and who I'm sitting across the table from, when I look down at it, I'm like, nope, God's not here because they're making me mad, okay? The problem for most of us is that we don't have a way or a system to use to keep our mind focused on God. But for many of us, here's what we do. We sit down and we have a meeting with someone. We read an email. We see something on social media that distracts us. And rather than saying, Lord, help me get my mind back to you, what do we do? We follow that pathway as far down as we can. Well, I bet they, they have a really cute boyfriend. I'm going to go scroll, I'm gonna go scroll 180 posts down and see if he's always been cute. Okay? And, okay? Do you see the distraction in that? Well, they have a really nice car. I'm going to go see where they work. Oh, they didn't post about that until 2012? That's okay. I'll spend my time doing that. Okay? Do you see how we just unfocused our, took our focus off of God and now we're focused on someone else? Maybe you go through something that, maybe you go through a health trial. Your mom or your dad calls you, your grandma calls you. Something's going on in your family with a health crisis, a health issue. You can sit there and you can say, well, grandma's sick, mom's sick, guess God's not in control. I got, I'm going to go to WebMD, go see what the treatment plan is. I'm going to go see how, where, how I need to help them. I'm going to go, I wonder how much this is going to cost. And before you know it, you've got this long list of reasons of why God's not going to work. By the way, that's human nature, okay? That's how, that's how we work as human beings. But what if in that moment you could say, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't know how I'm supposed to handle this. I wish this would have come at 6 o'clock in the morning when it was just me and you and that nice little cup of coffee and that cute little plant from Dollar Tree in behind there. But unfortunately, it came at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when I've already had a stressful day. I've already got bad news about my job. I've already got bad news about my class schedule. I've already got this. So-and-so's already made me mad. And now this, now you give me this. And if you're not careful, you will not have a way to refocus your mind on back on God. So number one, what is your meditation? Number two, when is your meditation? And not only like when is your quiet time, but specifically referring to that of how do you incorporate it throughout the rest of your day. But number three is this, who is your meditation? Who is your meditation? Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Here's what I want to close with. The only way 
that you can take difficulty and suffering and hard times and turn them into something that you rejoice about. Something that rather than distracting you from God, actually refocuses you to God is this. When you take your eyes off of the what and focus them on the who. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The only way that you can turn suffering into something to rejoice about is as you take your mind off the what and refocus them to the who. Meaning this, that you lose a job, you lose, maybe you lose a relationship, maybe someone in your family gets sick, maybe you don't get your degree in the time that you thought you should get your degree. None of those things are necessarily stuff that you get to jump up and down and be like, oh, praise the Lord, God's great, this is wonderful. I don't think you even see that in Paul's life. When Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 4, he says, rejoice in the situation. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Meaning this. The only grounds that you have for rejoicing through a difficult time is not necessarily for rejoicing about the situation, okay? I wish we were good enough as human beings to do that, but we're just not, okay? Oh, I'm so grateful that my car broke down. I'm so grateful that I got to spend $3,000 on something that I'll never see that money back for. I'm so grateful that I dropped my phone and it landed face down rather than face up, okay? I'm so thankful for that. That's not how most of us are going to live. But what we can do is we can say, God, I'm not thankful for this situation. I, I, I'm not okay with the what, but I am okay knowing that you were the one that brought it into my path. I'm not okay with grandma being sick. I'm not okay with losing my job. I, I'm not okay with maybe some of the what, but I can be okay with the who. Meaning this, outside of some enormous consequence for maybe sin, okay? If you go and you, you live a lifestyle that causes you to come into work late and causes you to maybe not hold to a level of morality and character that your job expects from you, and then you lose your job, okay, that wasn't God's fault, okay? That wasn't something that God brought across your path. That was you living in a way to where there would be consequences, okay? Outside of those scenarios, here's what we have to understand is that if God brings it across your path, number one, He knows that you can handle it. But number two, I think He brings stuff across our path and, across our, and into our life so that we can use it as an opportunity to rejoice in the who. Lord, I don't understand this. Lord, I, I, I'm not even really super comfortable with it. But I know that I can rejoice in You. It's hard to rejoice in my situation, but I can rejoice in you. And as a result of rejoicing in you, I can focus myself on who you are, on what you have done in the past, and how you will continue to use this to grow me into being more like your son. And so with that... Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.